it's nice to it's nice to like actually talk to you. What's going on, man? Not a whole lot. Just uh, enjoying a nice rainy Halloween weekend. I dig it. I dig it. It's the same here too. You're in New York, correct? Yeah, yeah, in New York. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, back here in Pittsburgh is very dreary and chilly and rainy and dismal, and it's perfect. It's perfect to to. Uh, it's perfect to curl up and read some Thriller Thursday reviews. Everybody listening out there, by the yeah, man, hell yeah, yeah, by the man himself, Valkyrie AD, dude, you're back, you're killing it, man. I kind of want to, yeah, use this podcast a little bit to promote all you do for us too, man, because you're killing with those Thriller Thursday reviews, like beyond my expectations and beyond what I can do. So, like me getting to talk to you for once, thank you so much for all you do, man. Really. Yeah, thank you. It's, you know, um, I've been such a fan of horror for, uh, you know, just so long now that really, uh, mostly those are just conversations I've been having with myself for decades. So it's good to get it out. So feel the same. Thank you. Yeah. When I'm like reviewing music or whatever, I'm just like typing what I say to myself in my head as I'm like listening to it and like talking to the wall, explaining to like this imaginary person as to like why I think this is so awesome. And I get that same yeah. vibe from like what you're doing. Yeah, it's great. We're, we're birds of a feather, bro. What cool. I have to ask. Yeah. So you're, you um, surprised me. I shouldn't say surprised me because you're a pretty astute, smart cat, but how into uh, literature and like books you are. And um, especially the horror genre, you're very, uh, you can tell from just reading your reviews that you're very uh, steeped in that. So where, where and when did like that begin for you? Um, I guess as far as reading, um, yeah. you know, I, I, no surprise, just a very quiet, uh, quiet, very shy kid. Sure. And so, you know, books just were an easy escape. You know, I didn't have to, I don't know. I didn't have to uh, kind of prove anything to anyone when I was able to just go into a book and just kind of be with the characters, which is a real corny thing to say, but um, great. I actually, the, the, the first major like world changing book for me was Jurassic Park. Um, and I was, was like nine and yeah, I mean, literally I had read books before that, but that, you know, the first time reading that book, I just turned 31. So from the time I was nine to now, I've literally just been reading just one book after another. Um, and and yeah, it's, it's just a thing, such an easy escape. Um, and horror was just, I was the fan of horror before that. And so I just kind of felt right to also be afraid of books as well. Is I I have to admit I've never read Jurassic Park the um, novel or book or whatever whatever you want to call it. Is it like kind of geared towards kids or is it was that an advanced book for you to read at nine? Uh, no, it's it was definitely pretty pretty advanced. Uh, yeah. so the the author Michael Crichton he you know he does the techno thriller or at least he did until he until he passed but uh his his books are they're fiction but they're very much steeped in like kind of real science um so yeah as a nine-year-old there was a lot that i missed but i've read that book i mean that's that's the book for me that i go back every other year and reread i I can't tell you how many times i've read it now and i still feel like i learned from it so 
the the family friendly attitude that the movie had was certainly the movie and not the book. Okay, yeah, I would imagine that's that's true. So, did you watch horror movies first? Then, I mean, obviously, before you can read, we all watch movies and stuff. But did yeah. you? Was your love for horror there first? Movies, and then it kind of went into books and literature and stuff. <clears throat> yeah my my introduction to horror happened um, the first time I saw Halloween, uh, and I don't know how old I was, but I know that, and I talked about it in one of the reviews coming up. Um, so I'm originally from Texas and I was, I was born in Dallas and right after kindergarten was when we moved to the country, Northeast Texas, where I grew up. So the memory of me seeing Halloween happen specifically at the house in Dallas. So I was five or younger. Um, and that was when I really got introduced to it. And then I remember to my older brother and I in Dallas, we shared a room and I remember watching, you know, old tales from the crypt on TV late at night. And, you know, those two instances, plus, you know, my birthday is in late October. So I feel like I was probably just as a kid, always excited for that time. Cause it's like, Oh, my birthday. And there's pumpkins everywhere. I don't know. It just horror just, horror just felt right. Yeah. It it really makes sense. It's, it's cool. Cause you know, I'm a nerd too, surprisingly, surprisingly to everybody out there. I'm a very huge nerd. And I love to read. And I, I love books, but that didn't develop till, till probably I was like a freshman in high school. So I went like my childhood was movies and music, but even music, I was always into the lyrics more than I was into the music. Oh so yeah, I, yeah I, for I sure. I was into poet, the poetry of it. You know, I always thought it was cool. I always read along to the lyrics and then that led to like me exploring like Edgar Allan Poe and like dark poetry from there. You know what I mean? So I got in, then I got into reading and like literature, learning about it in school and stuff and like high school and things. But I like came in through like the poetry background and like, you know, the classic Gothic romantic shit. That's like, you know, Edgar Allan Poe is known for, Um, which I still, that stuff, I hold a steep place in my heart for that, but learning about all your reading and all your, your reviews and stuff. I even, I added to my reading list from them and I, I thought I was pretty, uh, you know, steeped in all, in all that stuff. So even I, I really appreciate it and everybody out there should, I encourage reading a lot on the, uh, on the channel, as you know, I think it's just so yeah. good. And it's, I don't know, it's a little tough. I, I, I know like when we started doing this, my original thought was kind of like alternate, like a book one week, a movie, another week and kind of go back and forth. Yeah just because I know that everybody's a reader, you know, more, more people tend to enjoy movies more, but mm. I felt that when I was writing, when trying to write about movies, I almost felt like I had like a, like imposter syndrome. Like it just wasn't me, you yeah, know, because right. like, I, I know, I know a movie, I know what I enjoy about a movie, but I don't know shit about how to make a movie. So I don't know how to talk about, you know, camera work and, oh, this scene represents this. And right. I don't know. Yeah. I, it's just, I, I've always connected more with, with books and the characters. And, and I think too, that's why a lot of the, uh, the reviews have a lot of that, like personal story kind of like, like anecdote in it, which sure. people may or may not care about, but it's easier than just saying like, oh, this is scary because of this rather than actually trying to give true like relation to it. Right. And, and I, and I can do that much easier in a book than I can with a movie or a TV show or whatever. 
Yeah, it sounds very natural. I love the way it went because it was kind of just like review whatever the fuck you want, man. You know, and it still is. You can still review whatever the fuck you want. I think it's great, but I love that it's geared more towards books and it feels more natural. And I started writing reviews even before I had Death Comes Lifting. I would just do it because I'm a nerd and for other people and stuff. And it's kind of inherently a little bit of a douchey thing to do. You know what I mean? Like you, yeah. You I, I, I do feel pretentious a few times where I'm like, okay, do I really need to go that far into it? Yeah, yeah. You kind of feel like, who am I to like tell anybody like what I think and if they should watch this or not or whatever? But at the end of the day, they don't have to read it. You know what I mean? I, I, I always have that in my head. Like if they don't care about my opinion or our opinion on things, then they simply wouldn't be reading it. And when you right. interject your own personal feeling into it. I think it just makes it all the more appealing, you know, let's, it becomes like more of a, more, more of a work of writing rather than just like, here's my opinion. And here's why this movie's good because I know cinematography and I know how to record music. Right. And this is good because I know this. And, you know, I don't know shit about me. Like really, you probably know more from your recording your music and stuff than I do. And I, re and I review music mostly, but I just give my opinion about it, like how it makes me feel and why I think it's cool or why, why I think it's not. I don't get into the whole production too much and anything yeah. like that. So I, I think we're, I think we're in a safe place, man. I think you're good. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, and I, I think too, that's why I didn't want to try and include any sort of like arbitrary, like rating system. Yeah. You know, I just want to be like, I liked it and here's why, and here's why I think possibly you could like it. Right. And not try to say like, oh, you know, three out of five scary pumpkins, like that means anything to anyone, you know? I know. And I know, and I know like with the series rankings, you know, those are just for fun. For sure. And we as nerds just love that shit, you know? Yeah. Like I yeah. just because like I like you as a person, like I want to know what your least favorite Halloween film is, just because that's like a nerdy like friend thing to like do. You just ask, Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, what's your favorite? What's your least favorite? Like, give me your rankings. And we could totally disagree or totally agree. It's still fun to know, you know. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things about horror is horror yeah. is so objective that you know that's I mean, by definition, that's the point. The point is it's supposed to be different for all of us. And I love I love your um your Halloween ranking series, you know, um, I think I thought it was just great, especially this time of year when everybody's really watching them. And now that the yeah. new one came out, the Halloween kills, I think more people are, you know, kind of revisiting that franchise and like going through and watching them all and kind of connecting the timelines and doing all that crazy, like nerdy shit. If you're into that, which I totally, yeah. did, you know, I, uh, might have said this before on the podcast but my one of my um my littlest sister she's just getting into horror movies so she wanted to go see the new halloween kills movie so we watched the original and then the 2018 one before that you know and then we went to see the halloween kills just so she like had that timeline and then she like thought that was awesome i'm like okay we're gonna go back and see like and i'm like kind of explaining it to her and shit and she like is like fascinated by it and thinks it's like really funny and stuff how like ridiculous like the franchise gets and, yeah. and all that she was a from a young person's point of view she, it was really refreshing to see how much she loved the original halloween you know like yeah. just watching that with a fresh set of like sober eyes you know in a haven't seen it in a while you know it's timeless that movie will that movie will live on forever and it, it's a it's effective now is the first time you've ever seen it and i'm sure you feel the same way oh yeah for sure no i yeah. I do love that movie so much. And and it's, it's one of the few that like, 
you know, obviously the fashion and some of the dialogue feels dated, but it's one that it never feels like you're watching an old movie. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's kind of why I felt that was so cool that my little sister was so into it because like the 1981 Halloween two and like the other things like Halloween three, even she was just kind of like, eh, you know, like I could see her like losing interest because it just felt like an old movie or whatever, but you can really connect to the first Halloween. It feels new. It feels fresh. You can like, you are those characters when you're in the movie, you know, and that's yeah, for sure. I don't know if you can say that about really any of the other ones. Well, certainly not. Cause I know like, you know, post Halloween, you know, 1978 when the slasher genre really took off, yeah. that was the point. All of those movies now just became about a body count. Right. So there, you know, no one goes to see Friday the 13th part 17 for character development. You know, you're going for, sure blood and body parts which is why i thought it was so interesting first of all i don't know did you i don't remember did you include halloween kills in your in your rankings i didn't know okay. no and and i i talked a little bit about that because you know one like i try to i try to be like weeks ahead on everything so these okay. rankings came out like i don't i wrote them i don't know how many weeks ago but two i i, I didn't i saw it once in theaters and I, you know, I did like it. I had a really good time, but you know, I'm not one of those people to try to watch something once and then say, well, this is where it belongs, or this is what I think about it. Like I like to be able to really digest it and spend time with it. And, and right. two, I mean, my, my rankings change so much. I don't even know if the rankings that I wrote for Halloween two months ago is even the same today, but yeah, yeah, that's cool. I did really like kills though. I did too. And that's why I didn't really, I feel like like the backlash against that movie was so strong from like the horror community. You know, yeah. I, I know a lot of people that really loved it, but a lot of people were like reviled by this movie. Like it was yeah. so bad or whatever. And I, I really don't understand I, I, why. You know? I feel like the what I think why some people may dislike it is, you know, when these movies were made, or, or when these movies were, you know, they got the green light to, to be made. They were written as a trilogy, sure. meaning they now should be viewed as a trilogy. So if someone saw 2018 in 2018 and that was it, and now they're coming to see this one, or maybe they haven't seen any of them and they're just coming to see this one, you know, it's kind of like it would make sense for this movie to not be maybe that great by itself, much in the same way as if you were to watch a season of a show, say a show is 10 episodes long and all you did was watch episode four and say, well, that's that season sucked. Well, you really can't say that because you don't know what happened before. You don't know what happens after right. this movie is kind of meant to be the kind of the rampage phase, just the middle of the road yeah. body count. And, and because of that, I, I think they did a really good job and I'm ready for the third one. I couldn't have said it better myself, man. I had so much fun and you know, anybody that's complaining about like, lack of character development and lack of plot advancement like these movies haven't done that since like the first right. you know like it's right. really that you can make that argument about any slasher movie that's ever came out ever you know? yeah i know yeah yeah that you know there's there's always there's just tired complaints on any regards you know regardless of the movie that comes out yeah. and it's like you know i talk about it in my in my ranking list um why I feel like I'm constantly defending Rob Zombie's Halloween. Mm -hmm. I, a lot of people hate that film and I absolutely love it 
because I know what a Rob Zombie film is, which is exactly what the Rob Zombie Halloween ended up being. But, you know, more importantly, you know, John Carpenter's Halloween is a movie about Laurie Strode and her friends, Annie and Linda and the town of Haddonfield featuring Michael Myers. Rob Zombie's Halloween is a movie about Michael Myers featuring deplorable teenagers. And so that's why the movies are so different. And I, and I believe that, you know, in 2007, if anyone made Halloween, it would have been that movie. The only difference would have maybe been the dialogue because, you know, that's what Rob Zombie is known for. But that movie was made by a fan of Michael Myers more than by a fan of Halloween. Right. So, I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a big Rob Zombie fan. You know, you're not proving anything to me with that. I mean, I know a lot of people hate it, hate it but that's just good art at, at the end of the day. And then, you know, him daring to be different, doing other shit with it, yeah. you're, bound, you're yeah. bound to hate it. And for that reason, I like Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 more than I like this first one. I, I, I say that all the time. I love that movie, man. It's so polarizing. It's so weird. It's so like, it's not even about Michael Myers. I mean, it's about Laurie Strode recovering from this like traumatic yeah. event. And, you know, there's fan theories. I don't know how deep you've read into this, but that like Michael Myers isn't even in the movie. It's just in Laurie's head. Oh, it's all know? in her head. That's and interesting. It's interesting to think about. And um, knowing the, uh, the troubled production of that movie, like so much had to get cut out. Like, uh, yeah. I think crew members were like even stealing from the budget. Like so much like fucked up shit was happening behind the scenes that Rob Zombie was like losing his mind apparently. And, um, I think that just makes the movie all, all more, all the more crazy and all the more interesting. And I would love to know like what his intentions were from the beginning. Like if I could re read his original script for Halloween too, I yeah. bet, I bet it's something, you know, one day when Rob Zombie comes on the podcast, you'll be the co-host and we'll, we'll get to the bottom of it. Don't even joke. <laughs> that's not a joke it's happening it's happening but i i love rob zombie's halloween too and i feel like so many i feel like that might be the most hated halloween movie ever made i think it is and 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 simply because i think it's the one that's probably easiest to hate for sure you know people and and that's another thing too kind of talking about with with the thriller thursday reviews why i you know mostly do books but um it's not just like stuff that's my favorite. Like I have been like really kind of pushing to find new things. And, mm -hmm. you know, I have read and reviewed things that maybe weren't perfect for me, but, you know, I feel like for every horror podcast, there are probably five that are just talking about how terrible stuff is because that's so much easier to do. It's easy to watch a good movie and talk about where it went wrong than it is to talk about like a mediocre movie, but still point out what it did well. Um, so I've done that with some of the things that, you know, some of the writings that I've reviewed on and, and I feel like that is the problem that Rob Zombie's Halloween two has is yeah, it's not the greatest movie, but there's still a lot that it does really well. You just have to be willing to try and acknowledge that. I think I ranked it like pretty close to the middle. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was. You gave it a solid rating. I appreciated that for sure. But yeah, and and you know, and my ranking is based on you know rewatchability. Doesn't mean it's a good movie or whether or not it makes sense. It's based on how much I enjoy watching it. 
And I enjoy watching that one more than I enjoy watching probably four or five other ones. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good way to rate it too, based on watchability, because at the end of the day, that's really, uh, it's really what we do here. <laughs> it's like horror fans, you know, we want to watch shit that makes us feel good and right. watching it is, is a good ranking, not like necessarily if it's the best movie or not. And me trying to think of my own rating for the Halloween movies after reading yours. And I'm like, man, I fucking love Halloween six and I love Halloween five. And then I'm like reading like all the other reviews. And I'm like, wait, I love all these movies. Like I can't, <laughs> I, I can't like pick like a least favorite, I guess, but like the one I do watch the least, I feel like, and it, it's, is hollow is the original Halloween too. And yeah, I, I, I know a lot of people think that like they regard that quite highly, you know, and I get it it's dark it's violent it's like pretty scary it's cool but i just i for some reason i've never connected with that one as much like i don't go back and watch that a lot and i don't go back and watch four a lot uh any of the other ones i, I watch pretty h2o is another one i don't watch that much um i watch resurrection because it's ridiculous and it's funny and i like <laughs> it. i love the fight scene with buster rhymes at the end it's worth it to me every time i like suffer through the movie just to see yeah buster rhymes drop kick michael myers yeah i'm in you know, <laughs> but trick or treat, motherfucker. Yeah, it's the greatest. It's like I, I, I've you've probably heard me say this, but like I point out to so many people that like if you follow that original storyline arc from like Michael Myers and John Carpenter's original, just like one through eight, it ends with Buster Rhymes drop kicking Michael Myers. Yeah. That, that's how that's how that that's how that story ends and clearly I think that, that was what john carpenter wanted yeah i think that's just a, a wonderful fact that i just like to just to throw out there for everyone to think about yeah next time you hate on a resurrection just give it give it a watch talking about uh part two and part four those are yeah i i i mean spoilers for anyone that hasn't read them yet but i ended up putting the 1981 part two as my second place um and that was one that i struggled with for the same reason you said that i never really connected with it like it, it was even the last sequel that i ever saw but i think what makes that movie better is similar to what makes halloween kills better if you watch john carpenter's halloween and then immediately watch halloween 2 it makes halloween 2 a more enjoyable movie I think so. because then it's it's the same thing where it's represented as just one very long night mm -hmm. and then part two is now you know in his rampage phase and it helps it make it just i don't know because by itself you're just like wait why is this what is happening what, right makes sense what why does she have a wig on but and four bad. is just boring to me so many people love part four and i just yeah I I, yeah i don't know the mat i think that's hands down the worst mask of everyone hates on Halloween five's mask. I think Halloween four's mask is so weak and the shoulders just fuck me up. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm yeah, I don't know. Yeah. He's got shoulder pads. And he's got like his collar flipped up. I don't, I don't yeah. know what's going on. It's so weird. And the, and the poster's so good. Like that, you know, for Halloween four, the, uh, the mask on the poster is just like classic. It looks awesome. And that's yeah, the, the original mask. I, yeah, the mask, I don't get Hollywood. Yeah. I don't get it either, man, but. I do think there's a noticeable difference because I did watch the first and second one back to back pretty recently. And um, like Nick Castle is like hands, obviously hands down the best shape, like the best Michael Myers, just the way he did it. It was perfect. And I don't even think he knows how he did it or like why, but like the way he did it. Excellent. 
something about how it's dick warlock in the in the night dick warlock is part two yeah yeah and i just i don't know i'm not into it i don't know there's something so different about it you know what i mean especially yeah, when he's it's like trying to be a direct continuation of the first one like i did it just takes me out of it knowing like he just his walk his whole thing is like robotic he's just so much different Yeah, very stiff yeah it's just so much different and like normal people don't give a fuck about that so if you're normal like please enjoy the movie but like <laughs> you well, know and it's and it's funny because he you know dick warlock is such a bigger guy than nick castle was that it's the it's the the literal mask yeah the, the mask in part one is the same mask in part two but dick warlock has such a bigger face that it's just like stretched and doofy looking and you know i i don't know how was it meeting nick castle he was super chill man he's so funny yeah he's yeah. Just like very, yeah very very chill laid back dude it's all and james like, jude courtney right yeah he was great everyone loves him he was really personable with like the fans and like yeah he really got into it you can tell he loves being michael myers you know i think so, he's doing a really good job at it he's doing an awesome job man yeah i have to i have to give him the edge above um above Tyler Maine and Rob Zombies. I mean, I think Tyler Maine's great and his is like, so like his presence is huge and he's just like yeah. this menacing, like Undertaker-like figure. But something about James Jude's like, it's a mixture of that. He's like lethal, but also like classic and slow at the same time too. It's just his, his vibe is really cool in the new ones. I think what he does really well is, you know, in the original and really throughout the entire timeline with, you know, Dr. Loomis, Donald Pleasant as, as Dr. Loomis, all he ever talks about is, you know, he's just pure evil, pure evil over and over again. And, and I think, especially with Halloween Kills, it's really the first time you really see that. Right. Really first time you just see like, holy shit, this guy just is completely unwarranted and just is just killing because he's out and very playful and, and Dude. they're not, they're not relying on the, the jump scares and the, and, and the atmosphere they're just letting him do it and and it's yeah it, it, again it's just one of the things i think people just i think they should try it again <laughs> i think so too and you know spoiler alert for those who have not seen halloween kills i love how uh you know they basically kind of say at the end like he is the boogeyman like he's not human like fuck it yeah you know what i mean like instead of like trying to like think of like a uh realistic reason as to why he survives all the time and to why he's so evil all the time they're just straight up like he's the fucking boogeyman like i think that's sick like just own it right that's yeah no i'm I, I really am looking forward to to how they're going to close it out my theory is Lori strode has to die right i, I think know. i'm thinking i'm picturing one of those like they stab each other at the same time yeah they both like, die or something yeah 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 or she's the only one that can kill him and like vice versa, you know, maybe kind maybe. of thing like that, because I feel like she, her character like has to end somehow. Yeah. yeah. And just her personally, I don't think she'll ever come back and do, and do other, other ones. So like they have to close this out kind of, but what do we know, man? I don't know. That's just my theory. Right. Let's get back to books for a little bit. All right. Essential. What are your, some essential for the people out there? We're trying to spread the, the book of love. What are some of the essentials for the Halloween season? Like if you can give like a top three and talk about them for a little bit. Oh, oh shit. No pressure. Mm -hmm. I, while you think about it, I will say. That is that hard. I've never been a giant Stephen King fan. 
Like I, I appreciate Stephen King. I love his stories. Like his premises are fantastic. His mo- the movies I've seen, I've seen way more movies than I've read the books, but I, I'm always, well, I, I always, I always like them, but his writing style, I don't know. I just have never, I've, I've never really fully connected with Stephen King as much as the horror community wants me to. And for that reason, I love Ray Bradbury. That's who I recommend reading for October always. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Something Wicked This Way Comes is definitely a good, yeah, a good Bradbury Halloween story. Right. Yeah. I always recommend that one. And even the, you did a review on it too, the the October uh, Country, right? This collection of short stories. Um, Or or maybe you reviewed a piece of that. Yeah. Yeah. The Next in Line. Yeah. 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 I was a part of that. That whole collection is fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do get the problems that that some people do struggle with Stephen King. Um, you know, he's known for not being the best at writing endings. Yeah. Uh, and, and his stories, he even says it himself, his stories are 80% character and 20% plot. And so that's why all of his books are, you know, eight between eight and 1200 pages because it's all about backstory. Um, sure. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, it, I understandably it, it's, it's hard to get lost a few times. Um, I would have to say my favorite book of his would be Salem's lot though. That's, that's definitely a, okay. an essential top three for this time of year. I'm looking at my bookshelf behind me to see what else I would say. Um, there's just so many. It's a pretty extensive bookshelf. I'm impressed. Graphic novel wise too. I mean that, that counts too. I um I've been getting into those more recently too. That's another thing I didn't get into till later was the whole comic book graphic novel thing. A lot of people think that's like a kid teenagers thing only, but I've really been recently in my, you know, mid to late twenties, been really digging into the graphic novel world. And I think it's fascinating. For anyone out yeah, there. Yeah, I was I was uh I mean, have grown up a huge Batman fan, and I was really late to the game of actually getting into the comics too. Um, yeah, yeah, the long Halloween. I mean, come on, it's essential. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I make the argument that's the best Batman story ever. Okay. It's the long Halloween. Um. So Salem's Lot. Um, I did really like Nick Cutter's The Troop, uh, which I did write one on that. It's about a a boy scout troop that's um they they go camping on a on a little island off the coast of the pacific northwest and without getting anything away a guy comes on shore and he's sick and madness ensues but that's that's a really good uh it's one of those ones that's pretty hard to put down you know one because you're afraid to and one because you like you know you just don't want to leave anything unanswered um and, and that's a that's a bit of a shorter one. That's that's an easy read. If I have to pick a third one, no pressure at all. God, it's so much pressure. He's only the Thriller Thursday obituary editor, you know. Yeah, because as soon as this podcast is over, you're gonna think I'm gonna be like, you be like, why did I say that? Why did I say those three? Um, I also really like Ira Levin's Rosemary's Baby. Oh, that's a good one, dude. Yeah, for that's, sure. That's a good book. That's that's probably of of any 
uh, like book to film adaptation. That's probably the one where if you've seen the movie, you don't really have to read the book because uh, it was, was it Roman Polanski that made the film? He, he was, he was pretty head, pretty spot on with the adaptation, but that's, that's really, I don't know. So it's, it's a good book because focuses a lot on hysteria and, and, you know, at the end of it, you don't know what actually did and didn't happen. Yeah. It's a great book too. There's plenty of that going on. The Exorcist as well. You can throw in there with that. As far as adaptations go, you know, that's a, it's a equally. As yeah. Great yeah. Book. That, yeah. Yeah, that they, William Friedkin was the director. He did really good on that. Yeah, those classic ones. You know, a lot of people don't know. I mean, myself included. I don't think I knew Rosemary's Baby was a movie, was a book first until later on. You know, I definitely saw the movie first and then realized, oh shit, it's a book. You know, I think a lot of people don't realize that about The Exorcist, especially because the film's legacy is just so huge it overshadows the, right. the book. Right. Important to point that out. Yeah. In the classics, like I always say, I always go back to Edgar Allan Poe too. This time of year, something feels right about that. You know, the whole the drawn out sort of gothic romantic language is fun to me. I do have his complete collection, and I, I will admit uh, that I I have struggled a little bit getting into some of his stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I totally understand that. Yeah, and and I think that that might just be kind of true for classic writers. You know, like. HP uh, HP Lovecraft, or even if you just if you just do like a collection of like multiple authors of like you know classic ghost stories, it's like you'll have one really good one, and then you'll have a run of like eight kind of mediocre stories, and you're like, I don't know if I can keep going. Yeah, yeah, definitely, I feel that. What of a out of Edgar Allan Poe stuff? Do you have you read one that you did like, or have you just like struggled to connect with it at all? Yeah, really, mostly just kind of struggle to connect. Um, I, feel that. I feel that. I mean, it's 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 kind of a tough sell, you know, um, especially, I don't know, it kind of is pretentious a little bit, you know, to read it now, you know, and like have that like, you know, kind of flamboyant language. And he's kind of like, you know, fl- flexing on with his, you know, how good he is at writing and punctuation and all that, you know, it makes it kind of hard to connect to today and like actually be scared of it or like kind of put yourself into it like books are such an immersive experience i feel like that's why we like them you know and something that's easier to read and easier to connect to you can immerse yourself better in and the classics kind of harder to do that as time goes on you know yeah that's certainly the problem i i have with hp lovecraft he can't write dialogue to save his life i mean it's just some of the most like droning Mm -hmm. just i mean it's the cure for insomnia but Sure. And I think I think with some of those old stories, um, you know, the more classic they are and the more times they've been adapted into, you know, film or cartoons or short stories or whatever, it, it with each one, it takes away from the original source material. So if you try to go and read a book or a story that you may already be familiar with, it is it is pretty tough because you're like this isn't how i thought it was supposed to be because this isn't the story i've been told you're right that's that's interesting that yeah interesting way to look at it and i to be honest i've always kind of i really wanted to like lovecraft like all my life you know and i i've i still try to read his stories and stuff and like i've read them i think all like i have his collection and i've I've read them all and i I see why people dig it like the imagery is cool like you could really kind of have to like 
use your imagination, like visualize like what he's putting out there, but like to get into the story and connect to it's really hard. It feels like you're reading like an essay or something. No, for sure. You know, which is not my style. And cosmic horror, cosmic horror is, is, is just a hard thing to sell, you know, because for him, like the monster is always described as being indescribable and, yeah, yeah, you know, as as the reader, especially for the modern reader, where you know the answer is always given to you immediately. It's like, no, tell me what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, and that's you know that's kind of why I struggle with even writing reviews about music and things like that too, is because by nature, like you shouldn't be able to describe like how music sounds with words. You know, it's right. hard to do. Like you're taking this abstract thing, and I'm trying to like you know how many different adjectives and synonyms for heavy and crazy can I think of, you know, and it's, it becomes an impossible job after a while. Do I say brutal or more brutal? brutal punishing. Yeah. Shit like that. <laughs> uh, we, we try, man, you do a fucking awesome job, man. So um, thank you for that. If I can recommend one Edgar Allan Poe story to you, I think you would like the black cat. Black that's, cat. That's your homework. Report back. I will. It's easy. It's a, it's pretty short. It's pretty maddening. You get into the character's head, I think pretty easily. And uh, I think you dig it. And that goes for everybody out there. Black cat. That's my, that's the Crypt Keepers Halloween reading recommendation to everybody. It might, uh, it might be able to make an appearance. There we go. I've got a, I have like everything written down. I've got like through the middle of February planned. The best, dude. So maybe maybe it'll be a good like Valentine's Day story. Who knows? It really will be. We'll see. The romantics at it again, man. Thank you for all you do, brother. What are you doing for Halloween? What you what's your uh, what's your plans? Anything good? Uh, so I I don't know if I have actually told you this, but I actually have a son. I, uh, yeah, I saw that on on Facebook. I was like, oh, oh that's right. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. I, I, yeah. I joined the, I, yeah. I, I finally joined the social media for as long as Facebook's going to be around because I guess it's changing. Who knows? But what um, yeah, the plan was we were maybe going to take him to like a like a local trunk or treat or something, which is something I never thought I would support. But um, I don't know. It's it's like forty degrees and raining, so it may not be that fun. We'll see. I know for sure I have to watch. Uh, yeah, he'll he'll be three in February. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think. Yeah, yeah. It's a little. It's a little. Uh, it's a little brutal for a three-year-old. But a little bit. I understand. But uh, tomorrow at some point I'll have to watch uh, John Carpenter's Halloween. It's literally the only tradition of all holidays I have is to watch Halloween on Halloween. Yeah, I got um, to do man, and uh, I watch Trick or Treat as well. My sisters love that one. So we get together and carve pumpkins and watch. That is a really good one. I think of the anthologies, that's got to be the best. I think so too. It just has that, that spirit, you know, it's something you can't describe. It has that atmosphere and spirit just into the movie when you watch it. It's like, uh, it's really good for all ages, you know, it's yeah. one of yeah. those things, just like Halloween it, in a way. And most anthologies always have like that one story you wish they had left out. And I don't really get that feeling in trick or treat. Like they're all good and they all connect. Yeah. It's legit for sure. I don't feel the same way about Krampus, but that's, a, that's another story entirely for, for uh, 
Christmas, even though it's not an anthology. I was, I know the same director and same writer did it. So I went into Krampus like thinking like, this is going to be like Christmas version of trick or treat, but it's just okay to me, but I don't mean to, I don't mean to end that on a sour note. I, I'm, I'm down, <laughs> but. So I do have, I do have a question for you. Hit me, man. Um, since I know I've been on the show before and you usually ask everyone their favorite Sabbath album. Oh, it was coming, yeah. To which the response was, I don't listen to Sabbath. Um, I have a question to cover that. And in regards to horror, what would you say in your lifetime, in your opinion, is the most overrated film? And I think we might have the same answer. The most overrated horror film? Overrated popular horror film in your lifetime. No pressure. No pressure at all. I feel like I have a lot to say about that one, but uh, I, I think Scream immediately is coming to mind. No. <laughs> like, here's why. Here's why. I love Scream. Like, and that's the same with all the Halloween movies. I love all the Halloween movies. I just don't get like the like whole like fucking parade around screen like you know it's like a cultural phenomenon like halloween is like i feel like it doesn't hold a candle to like any of those movies and like it the original or like the series the whole series yeah the original really, the original is great i do really like the original that yeah. was it's funny that was 96 i think yeah um that was that was actually a pretty big movie for me because that was back when we would when we'd go as a family and rent movies, mm -hmm. uh, we would always go and get like a family movie. And then like my brother and I could get a movie and then my parents would get a movie for themselves. Mm -hmm. And Scream was like the family movie. That's cool. that, that movie like destroyed me for a little bit, a, but so I would have also been like six years old. So yeah. 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 Having a connection to it at a young age just totally changes the game for everything. Like yeah. I really could have like well, the first movie that ever really scared me and I watched when I was young was Jeepers Creepers. And like, to this day, I still think that movie's fucking terrifying. And like, I love it, you know, and yeah. a lot of people hate that movie. So like, you know, whatever. Um, Dawn of the Did Dead, you... the original Dawn of the Dead is another one that comes, comes to mind. I never liked it. And being from Pittsburgh, that's blasphemy to not like love Romero. But I feel like it's just too long and it's boring. And yeah, that's fair. I never really was like, I love the original Night of the Living Dead. I love Day of the Dead. But, um, you know, the whole hysteria about Dawn of the Dead, I, I don't get that either. But maybe was, I missed uh, something. But what, what is, what's your answer? I'm curious. In my lifetime, the most overrated horror film is Paranormal Activity. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. There's and I do, I, do have, I do have a story for that. So that movie came out, I think it was 2007. And I remember there was like a group of kids when I was in high school school went and saw it in theaters and i remember they came back to school and they were like oh my god it's the best movie i've ever seen it's so terrifying i love horror and i was like listen here you've been giving me shit about being the only horror fan in this town for 10 years like you're not taking this away from me yeah and i remember like i didn't finally see it until it was available for rental and i like rented it with the girlfriend that i had at the time and she was one of the ones that had seen it and she was like oh my god you're gonna love it it's terrifying. You know, you can't escape it. And I was just, I was just so bored. Like, like I, I do respect what they did. Um, I'm with you. And there were a few moments 
you know, where it's like, okay, we're going to stare at the screen of nothing happening for four minutes. And oh my God, the sheets flickered. Like, yeah, okay. Maybe that's spooky, but it was like, once it got in spoilers, but once it got to the end where they're like, we're going to put powder on the floor and oh, there's cloven hooves appearing. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm out of here. Yeah. I get here. that. You lost me. I felt the same way about, you know, just cause they're so similar, obviously the, the Blair witch project as well. Like, um, I, I, I think it's better, you know, obviously the Blair witch is classic for a reason. And if you watch it in the right headspace, it's like creepy. And, you know, I, th- I think what made the Blair witch a good movie for me, I remember like, like with paranormal activity, I remember going back to school after renting it and telling people that I thought it sucked and people were like, Oh, but you know, it was a true story. Right. And I was like, really? Cause the DVD I rented had an alternate ending on it. So <laughs> yeah. I don't, don't think it was real, but sure, yeah. with the, Blair Witch Project that was another one that we rented and it was it's an olden movie that we rented it on VHS and I think to watch that movie on grainy VHS over high definition DVD makes it a better movie and especially watching it at home it just like plays into that feeling like what you're watching was actually recovered yeah and you're 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 watching you're watching like a like a dateline or a 2020 like newsreel and you're like i don't think i should be here right now yeah, so i do i i do think that's a good point I, I do give higher regards to blair witch but i do i don't like paranormal activity or or the sequels well that's yeah that's a whole nother conversation is the sequels like they i can't believe they made like seven of those movies or however there's a reason yeah one just came out yesterday yeah, I don't, I don't even want. Did you ever read the reviews and see how people responded to it? I didn't even check. No, even no I haven't. Yeah, neither have I. It's interesting, though. It's an interesting <laughs> thing to have spawned a franchise, you know, like one found footage movie turned into. Yeah, and, and the found footage is, is a really tough one to sell because in most every found footage moment, there's always a point in the movie when you just think, why are you still filming this? Yeah. Like, Always. Everything has gone wrong. Put the camera down. Yeah. Like Cloverfield. I had that feeling, but I also like Cloverfield too. I, I like yeah, Clo- yeah, Cloverfield was good. But yeah, again, it's like, it's like you I'm sure you could run a lot faster if you if you <laughs> yeah, put both hands into it. Don't have the camera. Yeah. Fuck, man. I, uh, I want to see I want to see a good mummy movie. I want to see them do the mummy like a like a monster version, like mummy movie. Well, I I was very hopeful when they tried doing uh like a renaissance of the of the universal stuff Me too. i think the i think the invisible man the new invisible man was great mm-hmm. um i think we could use like a revitalization of some good monsters and and, and yeah i think i think i i remember seeing like the brendan fraser mummy and i actually like that but I was also a child. Uh, but like anything after that, and then like with the Tom Cruise mummy, I'm, I don't know why it's hard to make a good mummy movie, but evidently it is. But yeah, it's so crazy. I mean, even the original, like Boris Karloff, like the mummy, like is awesome and everything, but he's, yeah. the, he's the mummy, like the, the character as like the mummy that everyone knows for like five minutes. Three minutes, yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like I feel like a movie like that with like a sick mummy would be fucking awesome. That's that that's what we need to make. Death comes lifting productions happening. I will start the screenplay. Thank you, man. Your inspiration, dude. Thank you for everything you do, man. Really, we we have we should do this more often. This is fun.
Yeah. Yeah. We, um, what was it? July when I was on here last. So just yeah. over a year. It's been a while. Yeah. I have a, not that it has anything to do with what we're talking about, but I have started recording again. So good. maybe we can get something in that regards going. If I will stop, you know, taking my time. You should take your time. You know, it's your project. Do what you need to do. But yeah, we, we'd love to have you on like lifts and riffs. That'd be great. I mean, surely we're love that's man. I got to tell you, like, like the lineup that you guys have been pulling in, that's like, that's a goal of mine. Like if I can just get a nod from Schuler to be like, yeah, sure. He can come on lifts and riffs. Like I'll retire. Like I'll, I'll be done after that. <laughs> we, I, I'm glad you think that highly of that podcast because yeah. we will give, we will let anybody on that will give us the time of day. We're just, we're just two nerds happy to do it. And he's so great. I just like, let him like take control of that. I'm just like hanging in the background, just happy to be there too. So, yeah. You know, thanks for listening to it though, by the way. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I mean, I have, I have uh, an hour commute to work now. So two hours a day, I just listen to what I can listen to. And then if, if not that, then recording voice memos of myself doing Thursday reviews, which are always incredibly awkward to listen back to. I was going to say, I could never handle that, bro. I could, I could yeah. never listen to myself and transcribe it, but the, more power to you. It's weird. It's yeah. weird. And, and, and then it's like one of those to then try and like translate it into written because you know, I try to put a lot of humor into it because I think I'm way funnier than I may actually be. Of course. And, and, you know, uh, comedy is in, in the delivery. So people may not always catch the joke and just be like, the hell is this guy talking about? But well, I think that makes it all the better. I've had a lot of fun. That makes it all the better. So don't stop. And I'm having a lot of fun with you doing it, man. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it, bro. uh, I'm going to get, I got to get out here. I got to go to my next client now, but Thank you so much for your time and happy Halloween, brother. We'll do this again soon. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Happy Halloween. And uh, yeah, anyone who is still listening, you yeah. know, and, and if I guess you, if you're on Patreon, do you have to be on Patreon to listen? Uh, anyways, join Patreon and then check out Thriller Thursday every, every Thursday from this now until will, Thursdays are removed from the calendar. This will be available to the public later today you do not have to be on patreon to listen to this podcast but you do have to be on patreon to read these awesome reviews and all the other shit that we do that's awesome so absolutely worth deal it. with that thanks ct valkyrie i salute you bro appreciate you thank you man later you the man see you